really don't know how long we've been out here. It's... I don't know if it's been like a week, or if it's just been a couple days. It's like you lose track of time. And every day, I think we're getting closer to getting home, closer to getting to the car. And it's just not happening. Every tree looks the same, every rock looks the same. And every night, I hear some new sound that scares the hell out of me. And it feels like every night it gets closer. And I am scared shitless. I really don't know what we're going to do. I want to hear you scream. It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcast of the Dead, the podcast about all things horror-related. Your favorite podcast to listen to while... I don't know. Uh, making your own fake blood in your bathtub. Uh, anyway, we're your hosts. I'm Zach Palmer. Sitting across from me is Isaac Wright. I am a polar bear, and I crave butter. Okay. <laughs> Not expected. Uh, and uh, joining us from the void, as always, is Chrissy Beetle. Hi, lads. Yee. Uh, so today we're talking about uh, a found footage film, but we'll uh, get to that in a second. First, we're going to talk about some horror news. Or really, it's Ooh. more of like a horror discussion. Horror update. A horror update, let's say. <laughs> um, the first thing we're going to talk about is uh, Castlevania. Uh, the new Castlevania. Chrissy. Yeah. Like- they released a trailer, like Netflix released a trailer. It looks pretty fun. I don't... I can't tell if it's following another game, but eh. it comes out, I think, on, like, March 15th. March 15th. That's such a weird time to release Castlevania. It was supposed in the middle of to March. be out in bloody December. That would have been better. Yeah, but it's okay. I mean, I can't fault them for it. But, you know. yeah. I, I, I don't care. It gets as long done as when I it get gets more done. As for sure. long as I get more a la card, I'm fine. Agreed. Um... Did you know that Alucard is Dracula spelled backwards? <laughs> oh my god. Talk about like fucking generations late. I know. I'm just I'm just joking. That's that was a facetious joke that is very obvious. Like it's so obvious it hurts. Uh anyway, um also update uh Danny Trejo has now surpassed Christopher Lee uh, in on screen deaths. I thought that yes. was really funny. I did read that. Yeah. I, do we have the count in front of us of how, of how I d- many? I do. <laughs> I have the count. I have the count. So according to the data, Treo has died 65 times on screen, putting wow. him ahead of Christopher Lee, who died 60 times. And then Lance Henriksen came in third place for 51. 
Huh. Oh shit, Lance Henriksen does die a lot, yeah. doesn't he? <laughs> I was just I'm, thinking I'm su- about that. I'm surprised Sean Bean isn't up there, but I guess he just hasn't been in enough stuff. Yeah, true. Like, Sean mm-hmm. Bean does die a lot. Well, Trejo's in like everything though. That's the thing. Is yeah, right now Trejo gets in put in. So, I mean, everything. I'm pretty sure he's died more times in Machete than anything. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> uh, Liam Neeson too, I would think would be pretty high, but I guess mm. no. You're you you just allowing Qui Gon to, to to warp your mind. No, Liam you, Neeson has died a lot, but it I guess not enough. <laughs> somebody actually has written down every film that he's died in sick well for Christopher Lee's end is it just because he played a bad guy so many times he's just a big villain Mm -hmm. that's really primarily the reason why he died so many times Danny Trejo I'm not sure he's not always a villain he's always kind of just like the the gray character like the gray area character that just (laughs) happens to be in the wrong place at the wrong time maybe he just always requests (laughs) to die Possibly. <laughs> yeah, Trejo also just, seems cool as shit, by the way. I, I remember listening to an NPR interview with him. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he he's, is pretty sick. He's real chill. Yeah. <laughs> I actually liked him in Predators. Still haven't seen that. Uh, yeah. I mean, you don't, yeah. need, you don't need to. <laughs> Nobody, like that, that's responses. Yeah. Nobody needs to, for sure. But I did see it, and I enjoyed it in a really strange way. I don't know. I, I, I normally don't enjoy, like, really shitty things that are just, like, actually shitty. I like things that are, like, so bad they're good, typically. Fun fact, Machete but. and Spy Kids are in the same universe. <laughs> I had read yeah, that. Yeah, I think we've I, talked I, about I, that I believe before, that to, to my heart's core, <laughs> and I want that. Wait, did Sam Raimi do Machete? No, no. Um, Robert Rodriguez. Huh. Oh, Robert Rodriguez. I th- no, yeah. Robert uh, Rodriguez did do Spy Kids and Machete, yes. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. I, I um, thought I Sam Raimi did Spy, Spy Kids. Kids I'm, I'm wrong. Danny Trejo turns up as Machete, and he's like, Uncle Machete. <laughs> <laughs> he's literally That's... their uncle. <laughs> Yeah, he's the one who gives uh, Alex like the little tiny cameras, isn't he, or something like that? Yeah, I, I, think, I think so. so. Well, why does Machete have little tiny cameras? <laughs> Stop uh. asking questions. Uh, okay, uh, you wanted to talk about uh, Sabrina. Oh, god damn yes. it! Yeah, fine. I'll Sabrina, talk about Sabrina season three. Yeah. So we, we've talked about it on the podcast before. We really like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, or the the chilling adventures of Sabrina. I yes. should say is the actual. No, I did. I did also used to enjoy Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I think, and I, and I think I do we as well. all around enjoy everything Sabrina related. Yeah, exactly. Mm. The new season, though, kind of pissed me off. I finished it not too long ago. I meant to talk about this last week, but we just didn't get the chance. But they got through all the cool shit in the first two seasons, and now it just feels like they were just like scraping like the, the, the like wood chips the into a little pile. Yeah. Like <laughs> they were just scraping at the edges of the wood chips and make a little pile in the middle and just rummaging around to see if there was anything good in there. See so if there you're were any saying nuggets. that the directors are uh, hamsters? Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> But no, it, just, just, it just felt like another season of Riverdale, and, I and I've not, unfortunately seen enough Riverdale to know. <laughs> See, I haven't seen any Riverdale, but it does definitely seem like it's a step down from the quality that we had in season two. Like, in this new season, I'm going to try not to spoil anything, but you have pagan witches now, which is cool. They kept hinting at this something they called the Eldritch Terrors, Ooh. and I was like... All right, are we going to get some Lovecraftian, like, giant world-destroying monsters in here? No. No. There, there's a Gorgon. There, there's I a mean, woman that has snakes season, for hair. Maybe next season we'll get the Eldritch Terrors, but... Like, eh. maybe, but, like, if you're going to do that to me, they're just doing the same thing that Game of Thrones did with dragons. They're going to keep putting the cool stuff off forever Work. and ever. And it's just, this new season, there were a couple of cool moments. One cool moment was, again, not going to spoil anything... 
cool character gets turned into a spider and eats a bitch. Sick. <laughs> yeah, that, that was cool. Uh, That's also, my favorite uh, part, probably, but we, other than that... <laughs> the bit that got me the most was, we all saw them form the band last season. Oh, season two, yeah. And yeah. then yeah. there were band, like, band segments where they were playing songs, and it was oh. like, wow, I fucking hate this. Yeah. <laughs> play, like, I literally hate the fact that, like, obviously you've got the, you've trained these kids to be able to play these instruments. And then you it's make great, them play My Sharona. But I don't need to see you playing My Sharona. <laughs> yeah, and My Sharona's about an underage, underage girl, so fuck that song. Wh- which had never yeah. clicked with me until I listened to them play it during the episode. Yeah. And I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You can actually hear when they're singing it. You can hear the lyrics, whereas in the original lyrics, it's kind of like mumbled. Yeah, because you just listen to it when you're switching through radio stations. It's like, oh, it's my Sharona. And then you're driving on the highway. Beep, beep. I fucking hate you. Blah, blah, blah. You don't listen that it's about some kind of like kitty, kitty porn rape stuff. But then you hear it in fucking like sub- Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And you're like, wow, I don't like this song. This is frustrating to me. <laughs> the only cool bit of those moments was I kept seeing an Age of Unreason poster. And I was like, man. Bad religion are fucking great. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I was listening to bad religion instead of this. And yeah, we talked about that last week. It's like, okay, so you're you're a band. You're you're young. You you won't like the era of music that My Sharona is from most of the time. Uh, Most of the time. It depends. But you and also they're pretty, have a like, bad they're pretty re- woke characters. Yeah. So yeah. But you also have a bad religion poster. So why would you be playing not <laughs> something more akin to bad religion? Play, <laughs> like play, play some fucking play punk Canada, music. You fucking wusses. Play Marilyn Manson. It's like a goth show. They're all fucking goth kids in goth town with their fucking Satan and their fucking Dorian Gray and bullshit. Really, and, Marilyn Manson? Yeah. You're fine. going there for goth? Really? I don't know. Play, I don't, I don't know anything Manson. about goth. <laughs> fine. Play Typo negative. Closer. Jerry only will take yeah. any money. Yeah, typo negative is closer. Yes. Uh. Yeah, but typo negative is too cool. Yeah. For Sabrina. Sure. <laughs> uh, None of them sure. have that big dick energy. Okay. So speaking what? of big dick energy. Speaking of big dick energy. Uh, didn't you? You wanted to talk about uh, Parasite, right? Yes, I saw okay. Parasite. And yes. See, Chrissy like sees everything that we don't see. <laughs> like the lighthouse, it's bloody brilliant. I genuinely recommend anyone get a hold of it, watch it. They're actually bringing it to the Criterion Collection. Sick. Along I with kind one of, expect of that, but yeah. Boon Jong Ho's other um, films, which I can't remember the title of right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant <laughs> no it's really good and the like the message in it is very much my aesthetic yeah it sounds eat the rich to me but uh, it's very much basically eat or scam the rich <laughs> the like the too long non-spoilery thing of it and sort of what you got from the trailers was hey the like these poor people are like messing with these rich people and that's kind oh. of the base so of it. So it's like that episode of It's Always Sunny? Hmm. <laughs> it goes uh, through horror, it goes through drama, there's a bit of comedy. Hold on, hold on. I do want to, I want to let Isaac know something, because I don't know if Isaac realizes this, but uh, Bong Joon-ho also did Snowpiercer. I did read that, and apparently... Yes. And Har- the host. Harvey, and Harvey Weinstein uh, produced Snowpiercer. And apparently... Weinstein wanted to take the fish scene out 
But Bong Joon-ho said, no, this is an important scene to me because I have a grandfather who is a fisherman. It's part of my cultural yes. heritage. Ooh. Apparently that was a lie because he just wanted to keep the fish scene in. <laughs> it was. Oh, it's bloody great. Man. I love him. I, I genuinely, he's a brilliant, he's a brilliant director. I've quite liked a lot of his work. Yeah. He also did and the host. The, and the host I like for, for a lot of yeah. reasons, but I hate for how long it is. Fair enough. <laughs> Other it, than yeah, that, it's a good movie. This doesn't feel like that long. Like it, it was kind of long, but it didn't feel long. It, it really had you on the edge of your seat the entire time. There was some, some absolutely heartbreaking moments where I was just like, "Man, the struggles be real." And I'll let you know kind of my perception of it because I knew it won Best Picture, but I will say. Yes. It kind of completely blindsided me because I had not heard thing one about it. It at blindsided all. everyone because obviously, because it came out, I think, your end around the same time as Joker, maybe a bit later. Uh, about, and yeah. Joker huh. just fucking took over everything. That makes and that's, sense. That's why white people are mad for the Parasite one. <laughs> oh, no one cares. Over Joker. See, I didn't, I didn't I see Joker or that, Parasite. Yeah. Like, I didn't see either, and I, I just haven't been seeing a lot of movies in theater recently, unless they're a horror movie that I actually know I want to see. Those seems to be the only movies, like, right. I go to see, other than Sonic the Hedgehog, which I saw last night, which is whatever. But regardless, <laughs> <laughs> most of the movies I spend my money on are just, like, horror movies that I'm like, yes, please, I need to see. Yeah. But, like, any other movie that comes out just kind of goes under the radar for me, and Parasite was one I didn't know it was a movie Really, you know what I mean? Had, Didn't even hear about it. It has horror elements, which is why a lot of horror fans are absolutely loving it. Mm -hmm. But it, it extends to so many audiences, and I love it. It's shot beautifully. The music is absolutely beautiful. Kind of like the lighthouse. Everything I have to say about it is positive, <laughs> except that I will say that I did like the lighthouse a bit more. But that's only because the lighthouse is more my aesthetic. I was about to say, it's yeah. more up, uh, up your alley than yeah. Yeah. something. Yeah, more up our alley Yeah, for sure. This uh, was absolutely, like, beautiful, and sick. I genuinely suggest anyone, like, everyone see it. And but, if you are moaning that you don't want to see it because of subtitles, then fuck you. Yeah, who the <laughs> fuck cares? Like, subtitles are objectively better in every situation. Just get good at reading, you fucking yeah. plebeian. Like, I, <laughs> I watch every English movie with subtitles, because yeah, I, can't, I can't hear good. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I, don't, I don't have hear good things. Uh, <laughs> oh, but anyway, the message that we take from this, from this segment of news is that this podcast about horror movies and, and, uh, and horror, horror uh, media needs to get better about watching movies or at least two-thirds of us do <laughs> yeah well i think chrissy i think chrissy covers all of the bases here i keep uh, it, my dad got like limitless with like one of the big cinema branches which means he can go see movies for free so it's like oh i'll just go with you and then so it's not as expensive Right. Oh shit! So you still have a movie? Uh, uh, what was it? Movie Pass? What was the thing that just went bankrupt? My my dad does. You still I mean, have it, a UK Movie Pass? We don't even have that anymore. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> and it's only for one certain cinema chain. Oh, uh, okay. my dad that makes has sense. it, and gotcha. there's yeah. He he wants to make it worthwhile the amount you pay in a month. It's like so a it's like, like a stub hub. You to the mm, yeah, gotcha. It's like StubHub or one of those AMC Rewards things, your Cinemark Rewards or whatever. Uh, yeah. 
which is uh, cool. Those are useful if um, you like watching movies a lot. And I do I do like watching movies a lot, but having time to watch movies, that's the question. Or money. Yeah, my, my dad has time, endless amounts money. of time. <laughs> yeah. So I just go, go with him on my days off, and it's like a free day out, and he pays for food, and it's fucking great. <laughs> but I will say the last thing I saw in theaters was 1917, and that was phenomenal. The last thing I saw, well, oh yeah, it was Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> my, my dad's off to see nine. My dad is off to see nineteen seventeen. It's think. so good. It's so fucking good. Anyway, uh, that's it for that. news. I think. Uh, oh, how? What was the rating that you were going to give Parasite? Oh. Ooh. <laughs> it, again, it's another. It's another ten out of ten. But on our rating system, it's a ten out of. 10 out of rich people houses that have like the glass Voss water bottles just constantly in the um, fridge. That's very specific. That was a long walk. That was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was too long a walk for me to make. That was just long enough of a walk for me personally. So. I, I was trying to think of something that was specific to the film, but also not spoilery. Okay. Uh, that's it for news. We're going to go on to uh, the main thing. Yeet. The Blair Witch Project is a film that, to this day, requires little introduction, background, or explanation. Nearly everyone knows of the work and has their own opinions on it. Some love the film for doing something unique and different on a threadbare budget. But some fucking hate it because it's stupid and I hate it and no one should have anything good to say about it because so there. Because so there? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The idea was ambitious. To improvise a full horror movie with just outline directions. No scripts. No special effects. What drives the movie is a conflict between individuals, reconciling unexplainable events and mundane mistakes all at once. Being immersed in the unknown and trapped with people you only kind of like and probably have qualms about their personal hygiene in tight spaces. They then built upon this concept with a genius marketing campaign. All of this happened. You don't know any better. This shit happened. You weren't at Sundance when the movie premiered where they clearly stated the movie was a work of fiction. You weren't there. You didn't know that. This is real life. Fuck you. They presented a convincing mythology around a small Maryland town. They referenced resources that you had never read and had no reason to doubt. The presentation of the film was enough to make a small, low-budget horror film into one of the biggest blockbuster titles of 1999, one that still has a lasting effect and a place in horror history, no matter your opinion or objective view on the quality of the film as a work of art. So as you can tell by that intro, <laughs> as you can tell by that intro, we're we're not really going to be praising this film like we do other films because it's not it's more of a historical piece it really than, is. than it That's is. How I, yeah. <laughs> the, the, not great. Right. It's not objectively it's not a great film. But it is important to the the history of horror, and that's one of that's mainly what we're going to be focusing on. We're also going to be talking about like how it's made because it's it's a lot. The background to the movie is a lot more interesting than the actual movie. Yeah, is. yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, with a lot of films that are in this vein of of especially found footage films, which we'll get into a lot too. Um, but let, let's kind of just break it down. I mean, you should have seen Blair Witch. And most people have seen the Blair Witch Project, but if you haven't seen it, we'll break it down a little bit about what it what it's about, what happens in the movie, and all that. 
that sort of stuff. So, uh, do you have a section on synopsis, or are I, we I just? Can, I can go? I can sum it up really quick for you. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not complicated. Basically, it starts out there is a a woman. Her name is uh, Heather. I can't remember her last name. It doesn't but, matter. But uh, Heather uh, is very <laughs> big into matters, Let's be real. Yeah. All of the unfortunately the characters everything pretty much barely matter in this film. Yes, um, but Heather is a big researcher into the paranormal, specifically the Blair Witch that is located in the Black Hills uh, around Burkittsville, Maryland. Maryland. I was yes. like, I don't think it's Massachusetts. It's it's Maryland. Mar- it's Maryland. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so she is very big into researching this. She has a very big interest in it. And she pulls in two of her friends to go investigate some of these occult relics and historical sites yes. in the Black Hills surrounding Burkittsville. But it is it's very much under the but shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very much under the guise of making a real film. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they yes. talk about it, and they talk about this like, oh yeah, we're, when we're doing a thing, we're making a documentary, this is really cool, blah, 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 and this is how the film is presented. It's presented as found footage. What they say in the very opening of the film is that this mm. footage was found one year after its original taking in uh-huh. 1999, and this really oh, happened. 1994 is when, 1994, the, when you're it's right. set, yeah, yeah. yes. But anyway, so it follows them kind of goofing around in the day before and then it follows them go to the the woods and then they stumble around the woods bickering for like three days and promptly well (laughs) it's because they they get lost yeah they forget Mm -hmm, where they where they park the car and then essentially it seems like they're going around in circles Mm -hmm. um which they probably are and it's not really explained until like later properties in the quote unquote franchise, which is not really a franchise. Uh, that it's the like the power of the woods essentially is keeping them Correct. inside. Yeah, it's yeah. the witch that has basically cursed them to wander the woods. Yes. until they find this creepy cabin. It's not really a cabin. It's more like an abandoned building. And it is an actual historical house. Like, it actually has the name and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they find this house in the woods, and they... This is where the Blair Witch is, and that's where things happen, and things go wrong at the end, and sounds are heard, and... Yes, things happen. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. What you should extrapolate from this is really... the Most of the movie is just three people bickering. Mm-hmm. That's really it all really the movie is. It really is just... Three fucking annoying people arguing in the woods. Uh, and they do try to add some backstory. In the beginning of the movie, they do try to add some backstory to the Blair Witch. And all of this like mythology that they add is pure fiction as well. Um, but they talk about um, Rustin Parr, I believe is his name. Yeah. He yeah. was an old man who killed like seven kids out in the woods. Right. And one day he comes to town and he's like, it's finally finished. He just erupts in the middle of the bar or whatever in Burkittsville and everyone's like what the fuck are you talking about and then they find oh you mean you killed seven kids oh we know what's finished now so it's really upsetting and then Chrissy you know a little bit more about what was her name oh god Ellie it's Ellie something hold on yeah Ellie Kindred I've, I've I've literally got the wiki up just so I can remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can't. It's like spelled really strange. Yeah, well, it's um, ah, it's Ellie Kedwood because she's it's a uh, like the the names an anagram ish of Edward Kelly and Rustin oh, Paz yeah. an anagram for Rasputin. Rasputin. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, all the mythology of the movie is actually really poorly done. Yes. <laughs> it's mm. kind of funny to a certain degree. But at the same time, it's interesting that they were able to weave a narrative that a lot of people thought convincing around yeah. the crappy narrative. And I don't know. It, it's impressive, if not annoying. It's, <laughs> yes. It's like gold star forever, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. The, th- the thing is... On the one hand, the way it's edited is exactly how you would think if you found footage in the woods, it would be edited edited together. But that yeah. also makes it a fucking mess. Yeah, uh, it is a mess to watch. It's it's mm. a boring film in general. Uh, hardly anything happens, and then when things do happen, they're so ambiguous that mm. there's no real there. It's there's no real fear there. But here's the thing: you have to kind of. Think of it in in context of, like, if you haven't seen the film before, if you had seen it when it first came out in 1999, mm-hmm. yeah, how you didn't know nothing was going to exactly. happen. Yeah. If, if, if you had watched it and thought something was going to happen at every <laughs> turn, then it's more compelling that and way. Yeah. I, I, I will also say, I'll give it credit for kind of falling into the vein of the possessions, the the shinings, the... the um, a hereditary vein of interpersonal drama horror. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The fucking hating the person next to yes. you for fucking God knows what. Yeah. Like, that part of it is pretty real because it's they're very awkward conversations that these people have yeah. with one another, and, and, and I don't and, like and, it. And the conversations, <laughs> the thing is, the interactions between the people feel very real. And there's a reason for that. It's because they were. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the way this movie was filmed is the directors... Oh, God. Of course, I don't have their names on hand. But the two directors, there were two directors of it, they basically sent the actors into the woods on the days of filming. They would send them out, and it's like, okay, so they had an outline of things that they had to accomplish that day. Yeah. But they didn't actually have a script. They actually hired the actors based on their ability to improv. Uh, And the whole movie, most of the dialogue, everything, is mostly improv yeah. Mm. Basically, what they would do is they would trape through the woods, and they would get to like a milk carton or something that had like a little flag on it, and it was like, "This is where you make camp for the day." And they would get there. There are set directions in like a little canister, and they would read them, and they would know what their motivation is for the following days. Um, most of this information that I know comes from a Vice article where they actually interviewed the directors and some of the actors. Right. They talked about how. Not only they, so they hired them for their improv abilities, and apparently Heather creeped them the fuck out because they made them like act a scene about you're you've been on parole for killing seven people. How do you argue yourself away from being on parole anymore? How do oh. we agree to like let you out? And ap- apparently Heather looked them death dead in the eye and was like, "You shouldn't let me out." <laughs> and apparently that creeped them the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. And so so they were all. Uh, hired on their improvabilities for one, and then they were all taught basic survival stuff. They were taught how to use GPS. They were taught how to make camp. They were taught how to survive just in the woods. And they sent them out there in the first few days of filming. They actually hovered around them and watched them. But they realized mm-hmm. the two directors, which I'll I'll look up their names in a second. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> the two I'm direct- not overly worried about it. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. The two directors uh, decided that they were like, you know, it's probably better if we hang back. They realized they were being a little too obtrusive. So they, at at some point, just like kind of let them do their thing day after day without them being anywhere near it. And 
Um, another little tidbit that I learned, not only were they doing that, they were trying to make them as uncomfortable as possible throughout the entire shoot to make all the actual scariness and tension between the actors seem real. Like, apparently, there was okay. a quote from one of the actors that said they progressively didn't feed them as much day after day. It was like, yeah, so on the day, day it, it was shot over at like about eight days. Yeah. On day one, he was like, yeah, so maybe like the first day was like a sandwich and a bag of chips. Then the second day was like maybe just a sandwich. The third day, it was maybe just the bag of chips. <laughs> just like, it progressed. And he said he was, the, the, we always had enough to survive. But they kept taking more away to make them uncomfortable, to make them more upset and not comfortable. That's fucking dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes, but at the same time. <laughs> it's uh, I get I get the methodology, I get the idea behind it, but that's fucking dumb. And they also said that they were done with it too by like day four or day five. Yeah, because they would be you know tired, damp. They've been out. They, they they literally went out for eight days and just camped. Is really what the movie is. Is just right. guys camping for eight days, like a <laughs> right. bunch of people camping. Well, I can only I can only hope that they they <laughs> filmed the most stressful scenes at the beginning. <laughs> it doesn't sound like they did, but I'll, I'll yeah. double check that. Yeah. I don't think that they did though. <laughs> would, well, I mean, it may actually help with the scene to actually do it. Like I feel like at they the did end it of the, the shooting. Yeah, because no, because they went through. I think it was chronological. The way that they shot it, from what I've read, yeah. everything was chronological. And when they got to the end scene, apparently one of the directions for one of the actors, um, God, I can't remember which one it is. I think the one with the Woody Woodpecker hat. <laughs> I can't remember. Continue, sure. and I'll be able to tell. But anyway, he was told, he was like, when you get to this point, she's going to start screaming. You need to follow her. Then you follow her all the way up and then all the way down. And he apparently got on the walkie-talkie to ask the director. He's like, I don't understand what these directions mean. He's like, trust me, when you get there, you'll know. (laughs) And then when they came out of the woods in that last scene, that's the first time they saw the house. And then he understood. He's like, oh, I follow her up the house and then down the house. (laughs) And that's what the, like, frantic, like, stair-running scene is. Apparently, that was the most challenging scene to film, they said. Well, yeah. Is because that's the most like classically photographed part of the movie right. you know what i mean because yeah. it's 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 all meant to convey a certain feeling that's the climax of the film so that part was really hard to choreograph everything else is improv that part apparently they really did have a strict like idea of what they wanted right. to happen yeah um but they still did it when they were sleep deprived and upset and yeah. without food but that's also kind of like <laughs> i mean i get it like, that's kind of how you want it to be, mm-hmm. like, because then you're going to get the best reactions mm-hmm. and the best uh, acting out of the fuck you. It, it's <laughs> a Kubrick at the same move. time. It is a Kubrick move. Yeah, true. And fuck Kubrick. My favorite part that, was, that dead bitch. was reading that article. It's talking about how, you know, by the fifth day, they the, the, the directors would come out and they would make noises and they would have their boombox playing like the children laughing outside their, their mm-hmm. tent and everything. Yeah. And this is after they'd already gone to sleep 
they'd already taken their damp clothes off, they'd already taken off their shoes, and they'd gone to sleep, and now it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and they hear things, and they're on camera, and they're like, shit, guys, you hear something? And they're like, ugh, oh, not again. <laughs> like, by <laughs> day five in shooting, they were just done. They were just like, I don't care anymore. I would just fucking smack the director, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, deck him. <laughs> let me fucking sleep. Please. But, so, again, not like the best movie on Earth. But it, It's not, but the development history is interesting. Yeah, yeah. but the thing that made it what it is is the way they marketed it after the fact. Yeah. They made this whole website claiming to be... Have you, like, you seen these people? Exactly. Have right. you seen these kids? And apparently they plastered those missing posters around the Sundance Film Festival. And at the Sundance Film Festival, when it was premiered, they did actually tell people, this is a work of fiction. The yeah. first people that saw anyone. the movie <laughs> right. knew. But nobody cared. Yeah. It, it still mm. gripped the public's, like, conscious a lot. And because no n- regular guy on the street hasn't been to fucking Sundance, you know what I mean? Right. They're not going to know it's fiction. Right. And mm. they marketed it heavily as this is based on a true story. Yeah. And I know from from my own personal life, you know, you see something marketed as based on a true story, you put way too much stock into that. Yeah. I mean, you, hell, they you believe marketed that. it as a full documentary. Like, this is what we found. This mm-hmm. is a yeah. documentary rather than yeah. it being a movie. Mm-hmm. And it, it's certainly not the first film to be marketed as a true story, obviously. Uh... It's not the first film to be like a found footage film, but I think it was one that the marketing was so good. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, they had a lot of guerrilla marketing and a lot of internet marketing. Mm-hmm. It was it was a pretty early film as far as like internet marketing, like effective internet marketing is concerned. Yeah, I saw a couple of articles when I was researching that called this like one of the birth of like like viral marketing or yes. or, or, or guerrilla marketing. Yeah, which I mean. I guess at least popularized the maybe the birth of like popularized viral or guerrilla marketing yes, because most definitely I mean you really didn't see it and you saw it a lot after that a little bit like I, I remember Adult Swim doing some stuff where they had oh, like Moonanites around cities they would just put like little like tiles of Moonanites yeah. around and then like I remember the cops being called a couple times because they thought they were like gang signs or something <laughs> and then Adult Swim had to react to it and be like no we were just promoting adult swim shows. I mean, well, there, there, there are definitely <laughs> instances... Promoting Aquatine Hunger Force. <laughs> yeah, there are definitely instances before this of, like, real marketing, mm. but I, I would say it was probably the best, the, like, the best marketing, uh, I guess, campaign for a movie. For like, sure. Like, at, up to that time, as far as, like, just how many different things they tried. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really unique. Yeah. I mean, the idea... Everything about Blair Witch, the, the good thing about it, and I think the reason why it stays around and why the marketing was good and everything, everything about it was very unique. Mm-hmm. Nothing like that had ever been tried. Right. And I don't think we've even mentioned, but it was a movie that was shot on $60,000. Yeah. And then it... I think it made over $2 million like domestic, I think it, it was something it's like one one point nine. One point nine, I think, is a is a figure that I remember reading. But like, it, it was still a really big like blockbuster hit, and it was all. It wasn't because of the movie. It, <laughs> like, that would have been the marketing and word of mouth because of the fact that pe- people maybe who didn't have the internet at that time would have been like, yo. You know, somebody who had seen the marketing and gone to it would be like, yo, this film's like real. 
Mm-hmm. Isaac, I don't know where you read two million. It made two hundred and forty-eight point six million. Well, the Whoa! <laughs> yes, <laughs> I yeah, guess two million is a lot. Is a small amount. Yeah. Uh, in the well, grand scheme. Yeah. Of think about think about uh like one hundred and fifty times more than that. <laughs> but okay, but. Then put it in put it in my perspective. Two million on a sixty thousand investment is already a lot. Yeah. Two hundred million on a sixty thousand dollar investment. Oh, two hundred fifty million realistically. Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, this was a huge hit. I don't think you understand that. Like how huge of a hit it was. Because it was it was a horror movie, but it wasn't a horror movie like anybody who'd seen before. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like we said, it wasn't the first. Based on a true story. It wasn't the first found footage film, but it was the first thing that like combined all of those things together and had an incredibly efficient and high-performing marketing campaign. Mm. Uh, that was all of those things coming together, whether the movie was good or not, which it's not. Uh, <laughs> People still it, think it's great, it's which... I mean, you, you could think it's great all you want, but also... Why? <laughs> Yeah, it's the opinion of this podcast that it's not very good, but we understand <laughs> we understand why people like it. Let me put I, it that I mainly way. maintain that it's good because of of the residue it left, like a snail going from one, <laughs> one part of the porch <laughs> to another. The residue is what made it good, not necessarily the 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 conch shell that it was. And let's talk within. about the residue. Let's let's, <laughs> let's talk about the aftermath of this film and like. Oh, Burkittsville got fucked. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Shitty. Yeah, the directors didn't really anticipate what they would do to a small town. And when I was reading, Burgessville was home at the time, at the time of filming, of less than 200 people or so. Mm, it was a very small town. Yeah, they said you could walk but from end to end of the town in about 15 minutes. Wow. It's super small. Only two scenes were still filmed in Burgessville. It was the scene in front of the sign. And the scene in the graveyard, that was actually part of the Burkittsville Cemetery. Oh, the the opening scene? Yeah. Yeah. That was actually part of Burkittsville. Everything else was mostly, all the, like, uh, reaction parts of the people talking and everything Uh that are supposedly in Blair or whatever, because Blair's not a real place. Or at least it wasn't. Blair is what, like, used to be Burkittsville. Exactly. Or at least in the lore. Yeah. But um, all the people that you see film talking, or where they're film talking at least, I believe most of them are actors, but where they're film talking is actually Germantown, Maryland. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's where they are. Burkittsville, super small. And after this movie became the hit that it was, they got just destroyed by <laughs> tourists. Just destroyed by tourists. And initially they tried to be hospitable. But then they had people, there wasn't a report of a one church being vandalized with like a pentagram on the yeah. side. Oh, they God. had reports Ooh. of, you know, people going around with cameras <laughs> all the time, like peering into windows, filming people on the street. And then people were, de- uh, some people embraced it. Apparently mm. there were some residents that decided to sell like the stickmen and like yeah. t-shirts and that sweatshirts. Would be, that would be the smart thing to do. <laughs> and yeah. there was a woman that is... I. I was going to talk about a little bit about this later when I talk about the sequel, but in Blair Witch 2, there is a woman talking about how she sold a bunch of rocks out of her backyard for $5 a pop. <laughs> because they're like the rocks that they stack in the film. Oh, shit, okay. That's a real person in Blair Witch 2. She actually did that. Sick. <laughs> what a fucking get that hustle. <laughs> um, but Scam most of them. Idiots. This reminds me of when Ed Gein was caught. 
uh, and that that city in Wisconsin that just got fucking overrun by mm-hmm. people who were yeah. just morbidly curious, and, yeah. and, and then they were going to turn. They were going to turn Ed Gein's house into a museum and that people that lived in the town just burned the fucking house down. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, we don't want that shit here. No, and I, apparently I, I'd have liked an Ed Gein museum. Oh, God. It would have been cool. Something that I thought was super interesting was when it got really bad, when the tourist influx got really bad in the town of Burkittsville, the mayor actually called uh, like the town historian or the mayor or a, a leading figure in Amity uh, God, where is Amity, Amity loca- located? I know it's New England, but I can't remember. Oh, you mean like Amity, like where, like the where Amityville, Amityville Horror is yeah. from? Oh, oh, it's Massachusetts. Yeah, Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah, they actually called like a, a leading person from Amityville, <laughs> Massachusetts. It was like, how do we deal with this? Yeah. <laughs> and apparently that person told them, there's nothing you can do. There's no way to stop them. Yeah. <laughs> and I bet he sounded yeah. really tired. Just like, there's nothing. You can't do anything. They won't We've stop. tried everything. Which sucks, but so it shows you, unfortunately, some of the weirdest segments of the horror fandom are really weird about things like this. Horror and, fans are dicks. Yeah, and it's, the worst part about it was everyone seized on a trend when it first came out. Yes. Yeah. But then horror fans as a whole, some of them just latched onto it and yeah. just decided to keep it like down in their gullet and just like, no, it's a real thing. I know it's a real thing. Which is a real thing, bro. I'm going to find out. And apparently, like, I remember there was one of the other things I read that there was like a documentary crew that did actually go to the 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 Black Hills around Burkittsville. By yes. the way, there are no woods around Burkittsville. It was mostly filmed in like a state park nearby yeah. Burkittsville. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's another thing. But regardless, they went to that area and they started filming and apparently they came out and started complaining to law enforcement, whoever picked them up, or to the camera. I can't remember exactly the specifics of the anecdote, but they started complaining. Like, we were wandering around there for three days and we didn't find anything. Oh my Because <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> I thought that was funny. How <laughs> stupid are you? It's not fucking... None of it's real. They made it up. I'm so glad uh, that, like... I, I want Ghost Adventures to do, like, an April Fool's episode on it, because that would be at oh, least, like, God. decent. But see, and, the, and the, the biggest legacy of this to Burkittsville is... Uh, and we'll talk about this a little more later, is... There have been continuous efforts to revitalize and keep this franchise going on life support... And every time a new installment happens, the city of Burkittsville Burkittsville has to be like, oh, fuck, here we go again. Why the hell do we have to live with this now? And that's like the worst, like most sad part of the whole movie. It's just like you condemned an entire small hamlet to just the worst life for decades to come. Can I get the Friday the 13th lawyer to like send a cease and desist to filmmakers? (laughs) (laughs) Larry Larry Zerner, please, if you listen to this, help the people of Burkittsville get them a cease and desist so they can't make any more (laughs) fucking witches. So let's talk about like what the... So it's obviously a fake story. Everything's all fucking made Mm. up. But there is like... There's some real history somewhere in there. Um, yeah. Whether, like, it, it, there's there's history, let me say this, there's history that's adjacent to things yeah. that might have happened, but there's <laughs> not, nothing is real, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, one of the things that, that we, out of the research that we've done about it, one of the things that's kind of maybe sort of analogous to it is uh, the Bell Witch, 
Haunting, which uh, was a haunting that happened in uh, Tennessee in the early 1800s. Uh, it was the Bell family, and like it, it, it's more than anything. It's just like a bunch of poltergeist activity, mm. uh, yeah. which is you know, uh, it, it once again happens around um, like uh, a girl that's coming of age, and something that we've seen when we've when we've done a little bit of research about poltergeists is that seems to be a pretty common thing is like uh, uh, specifically women coming of age and poltergeist activity being particularly strong sometimes in in that time period. Uh, I don't know why. It's just one of those weird por- paranormal things that there is not a clear explanation for. But uh, I don't know. Sometimes it's uh, you know from like a completely like. Uh, paranormal point of view maybe it's something about psychic energy just being particularly strong around that period of time uh but that's that's like the closest thing we've found as far as actual things that are even sort of close to the Blair Witch and that was an interesting Mm. thing is uh mentioned it to a couple people and a couple people was like oh yeah but I mean it was really it's based on a thing it's like the Bell Witch right you know And and that's the first thing that a lot of people come up with most people don't know anything about the Bell Witch. I personally don't really know a lot about the Bell Witch. There's nothing really there that connects the two under other than the fact that it's a witch that starts with B. <laughs> but everyone seems to connect it, which I think is interesting because everyone goes searching for a meaning, I think partially, is what it might be. Because I really don't think there's too much connection between the two stories, you know what I mean? Yeah, there really isn't. Um, yeah. the the only thing that really connects him, like you said, is be witch, uh, <laughs> and and the the thing is, is that the bell witch is not even a witch. It's not even any of that sort of stuff. It's just like a poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. all it is. Uh, and and as and as if if you do any research into paranormal uh sightings or paranormal activity of any kind, you'll you'll know that. A lot of the time, poltergeists don't actually have a spirit tied to them. Sometimes poltergeists are an extent of psychic energy from somebody who's alive, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which is why it seems to happen a lot of the time around uh, women who are coming of age, because like I said, it's that increase of psychic energy and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but yeah, the Bell, the Bell Witch has really nothing at all mm-hmm. like related. It's not even the same area. It's in Tennessee. It's, right, not, even, yeah. it's not even in New England. Um and and you're right because a lot of people that I've talked to about the Blair Witch they they, they, they automatically connect the two. I remember the Ghost Adventures episode literally being like, "Oh, it's the Blair Witch," and I'm like, "It's, it's really not Zach, but okay." <laughs> yeah, it's I'm sorry not even that close. he shares the same name as you. Yeah, it's so it's bizarre yeah. that people just equate the two. People they also have... said that the witch was, but as in Robert Eggers's the witch was based on the Bell Witch, and Robert Eggers was like, "No." <laughs> yeah, Robert Eggers' The Witch is just kind of... It's based on an overall mythology. I don't feel like yeah. that's based on, like, any specific thing. Yeah, no, The Witch yeah. is based on, like, actual, like, satanic witch... Yeah. Like, uh, ceremonies and stuff mm, that, that yeah, it's based are, on an are overall, known. Yeah, it's yeah. based on an overall people, idea, people like... dumb, let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and then the only other thing that we really know that connects to Blair Witch was... Oh God, what was it? The, what was that swamp thing you were talking about? Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the only other thing that I know that really kind of gives any kind of credence to the area is there is a place uh, called the Bridgewater Triangle that mm-hmm. is in Maryland. It's in it's in New England. Um, it is a very well-known hot spot for 
paranormal activity and cryptid activity. Uh, at least in in those circles, yes. I say very well yeah. known. Yeah. Like it, it's not like the Bermuda Triangle where like everybody's heard of it. But it, it's along mm. the lines of the Bermuda Triangle because mm. it's believed that that if, as far as like uh, activity is concerned, like that the Bermuda Triangle is one of many, mm. and the Bridgewater exactly. Bridgewater Triangle is one of is those one many. of those. Yes, and one thing that it has attracted, I remember, I, I can't cite this documentary by name. I watched it a couple years ago now. Um, but they did talk about there has been a very large amount of occult activity in the Bridgewater Triangle. There has been a l- really large amount of violent crimes committed in the Bridgewater Triangle. There have been a lot of cryptid sightings and UFO sightings in the Bridgewater Triangle. All of these things kind of happen, you know, years apart, decades apart. Like, they don't, they're not connected. It's not like they're organized. It's just that it tends to happen there, and no one knows why. Um, one of the main cruxes of the Bridgewater Triangle is the Hockamock Swamp. And the Hockamock Swamp is known as, you know, it was one of, uh, like, a sacred place for Native Americans. Mm. Similar to the Black Hills, which are talked about in Blair Witch. Mm. Black Hills are a very prominent place in Native American, like, culture and history and stuff like that. And, of course, white people fuck them. And (laughs) so now now they hate us. Yes. So, and that's... Justifiably. Yeah, exactly. And that's what stems a lot of the where a lot of people believe a lot of the paranormal activity from regions like that stem. And so I feel like that's the connection there is, you know, Burkittsville is so close to that area. And so people around there probably know of the Bridgewater Triangle, know of creepy activities in the area, you know. And so I feel like there was a little bit of a cultural exchange yeah. That, that, like, they were there, they experienced it, they talked to the people, and they were like, this makes sense as something that would haunt the area. Because, like I said, most of the mythology itself in Blair Witch is made up. Yeah. But... But the area is right. Exactly. For and, something weird to be happening. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, and... Of course cryptids don't be organized. Bigfoot ain't got a union. <laughs> And if he do, his healthcare plan's really bad. Get, 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 uh, I, well, I guess healthcare doesn't cover haircuts. Never mind. That was a bad joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it would have to because it's somewhere between like a, uh, you know, a veterinary plan and like a, <laughs> like a regular <laughs> health plan. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's grooming. That's included. Uh, especially when you got that much hair on your balls. Uh, <laughs> um, but so, yeah, but. One thing that I find interesting is the Blair Witch Project was ambitious. It was thought-provoking. It was insightful in, like, a human nature sort of way in both its film and its expert use of, like, marketing and hype and stuff like that. But the movie was never deep. The no. lore was made up. The mythology was crafted from Correct. fairly little. Burkittsville was a quiet place before the movie, and now some people think it's a portal to hell, no matter <laughs> how many people tell them differently. <laughs> people just go there. They're just like, no, it's real, bro. And it's like, no. Stop. Bruh, it's real, I'm telling you. <laughs> but the original film has no rules by its very nature. It was improvised. Things were placed in the actor's way, and they reacted to them as directed. It is this lack of rules that makes the attempts to turn this property into like any kind of a series or a franchise into a complete confused town train platform with the next departure to Crazyburg leaving in the next 15 minutes. Okay. Uh, Sequels have been made. <laughs> Games. 
All of these works are presented as being a part of a larger, intelligently crafted world or mythos. And my question is how? Why? The original movie had no real enemy, with no real motivation for haunting, attacking, or sending anyone into the timeout corner. <laughs> Each entry in the series has to come up with its own reasons to exist because the original didn't provide them with anything but a lucrative name and a bunch of trees. As a result, the Blair Witch franchise is a cluttered mess, and in keeping with the theme of the original film, they're clearly making everything up as they go. Yeah. And it frustrates mm. me. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, yeah. Trying to make a franchise out of this makes no sense. It's the stupidest thing, and I have spent the time, and I have tried to digest every piece of media for Blair Witch that I can get a hold of. And what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very disjointed. The whole thing is very disjointed. Um, and it doesn't really make it... Uh, the Blair Witch should only stand on its own. Mm -hmm. It makes no sense to try and make a bigger story out of it. Yeah, and it stands on its own because of its background, because of the way it was made, because of the hype, all that stuff. The actual story itself that's presented in the original movie is not that interesting coolest parts of the original movie and the original like haunting of the Blair Witch is the idea that you know so there were some witch based and there was like some ritualistic killings that happened back in the day in Burkittsville okay that's cool you have a background then the Blair Witch itself I'm not sure where the Blair Witch comes from you have well, like we said, they made it up. No, but what I'm saying is, but you have Ellie, what's her face, and you have Rasputin, douchebag. Rasputin, douchebag. <laughs> neither of them are the Blair Witch. Who the fuck is the Blair Witch? They don't really tell me who the Blair Witch is. True. Okay, um, but no. Then they also have a thing where they go into the house and he kills little kids. There's seven of them. He has to put one in the corner, the timeout corner. He has to put one in the corner. <laughs> And then kills the other one because he doesn't want the eyes on him while he's killing. So that's like his other MO. But that's the MO of the Blair Witch now, or is that the MO of Rasputin Clusterfuck? Like what who who it's all so bad that it doesn't connect to each Isaac. other. <laughs> Box office two hundred and fifty million <laughs> off of sixty thousand dollars. That's the answer here. Yeah. That's the answer. They made so much money, they're like, we need to franchise it. I don't Correct. care if the story doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't care if I can't make a bigger story off of it. I do not give a shit. Correct. Money. Mo I agree. Money be making all kinds of decisions. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. okay, so correct. But so uh, what I just laid out are the basics of what Blair Witch was. You know what I mean? Of, like, the scary parts. Yes. Like, mm. those are the ideas. That, like, based on ritualistic killings, trapped in the woods, uh, and you have to look in the corner. Before you die, you know what they should have tried to it. tie into the Blair Witch franchise, Slenderman. That's the only yeah. thing that like it, makes it would sense. work. It would totally. It's work. the only thing that would have made sense yeah. to put together with mm -hmm. that. And I agree. <laughs> but so okay, so like I said, very bare minimum of what the haunting of or, or what Blair Witch as a spooky property really is. So you jump forward a couple years and then make Blair Witch Two: Book of Shadows. Fucking hate this movie. <laughs> this is the no, point. Please describe it to us. When I watched this movie, I was like, okay, I think I'm not smart enough to understand the Blair Witch mythos. <laughs> <laughs> because that movie doesn't make a goddamn lick of sense to me. It doesn't. No, you're correct. Um, it says that it's like, it got a huge, but it was like hugely fucking hated. Oh, it was. It, like, it was a critical failure. And one, the biggest 
problem with this movie. Well, actually, there are a lot of big problems. With this movie. <laughs> big problem. They present it as a dramatic reenactment of events following the release of the Blair Witch Project. So they're trying to do the scream meta thing of the movie is within the movie is within the movie. Mm. But by the point that this movie's been released, everyone knows that the Blair Witch is fake. Correct. Yeah. So who the fuck are you trying to kid, assholes? <laughs> like, it's so bad. And then not only that, None of the established, even the tiniest amount of the rules that were established in the first movie are prevalent in this movie. It's a whole different thing. It's a whole thing where they go there on a Blair Witch tour following the movie and they get there, they drink and smoke a ton of weed. What else would you do? They lose three hours of their lives because they black out. They wake up and go to an abandoned factory that this guy has as a house. Also, he used to be in a mental institution. Mm. And then they find out things have been happening and this woman has a miscarriage. And then they look at the videotape backwards and they find out that they all did Wiccan rituals in the, in, in the hours that they lost. And they, they killed bunches of people they killed a bunch of people and they don't remember it but the, the fuck are you talking that's about? how yeah. the movie goes I, I, okay I, I, the, the only thing that is um that i'm it's looking at from that film is the soundtrack and it has fucking nickelback on it it does sure, sure does i do and, remember that about it and rob zombie and pod yeah it's, it's all the stuff that you would get from that era i mean it is travesty of filmmaking you're like how did you get that from the source material and the problem is as we've established they had nothing to go from mm. so they had to make up all this really really cringy garbage to fill time yeah. and it's the worst thing they could have waited and made something better <laughs> then in 2016 they actually made a new one and this is the, the last of the movies that they have made in 2016 they made a movie called Blair Witch Apparently, it was debuted at Comic-Con, at, like, San Diego Comic-Con, and okay. it was originally under the name The Woods. Yeah, but it wasn't like until the original title of Bear Witch. Exactly, yeah. But it wasn't revealed until the title screen came up when people were watching it that it was a Blair Witch movie, and everyone was like, oh, okay. And at this point, it's 2016. Everybody knows it's full of shit. <laughs> so it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to maintain this idea that it's, based in a true fact. You know what I mean? Yes. And one thing I like about this movie is it presents rules that make sense in the vein of the original movie. Basically, they explain in this movie that if you fall asleep in the woods, then you're trapped. Which is something that every iteration of people in the films that we've seen have done. Right. Mm. Two doesn't follow this because they didn't make up rules. They just kind of made a movie and didn't a bad movie. Yeah, they just yeah. didn't try to make anything good. This one kind of gave you an idea. It's like, oh, so that's why they were screwed in the original movie. is because they fell asleep, and then they were trapped, and that's why they couldn't get out. No matter how many times they went south, no matter how many times they went east, right. they couldn't mm. get back to the car. So this movie informs the original movie, which I thought was interesting. This movie also adds some actual special effects, which, I mean, 
kudos to them for making a really high budget or a, a really high grossing movie with no special effects. Yeah. But the special effects in Blair Witch 2016 actually make it genuinely better. I li- I enjoy it. Like it, they have this weird thing where she gets infected with some sort of insect that's poking a thing out of her foot. It seems painful. It's not cool. Um they have like weird fucking I don't know. I, you already said Slenderman. They're not Slenderman, but they're like ghouly guys coming out of the coming out of the shadows, like shit. chasing them and shit. shit. Like there's actual scary stuff that happens in it. And then they get to the climax, and it's similar to the original one. They take from mm. the original. They're in that same house. They're trapped in the same stairwells. They have the same thing where they're like pointed in the corner, and they maintain like the rules from the original that they had. And added new rules and kind of actually made it like a horror franchise. This is the only one that I feel like is actually successful at doing what it set out to do, which was make a good horror movie. Mm. That being said, it's not a great movie. Like, it's not the best movie that you'll ever watch. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's not. I enjoy it a lot because of how much I disliked the first one. But then I was able to like the first one again a little bit more. After watching the new one, because like they it played gives it, it rules, yeah, it mm. gave you like rules, and every horror movie needs some kind of rule. It makes it seem like all the stupid shit they did in the first one was intentional. Exactly, yeah. and <laughs> I liked that, and it just it clicked for me, and so I would say definitely watch the 2016 one and the first one. Those are the only two to actually digest. The weird anomaly of the entire franchise is the fucking PC trilogy that they made. There are games based on this. There's a new one that's apparently good. I won't go too far into that because I think a lot of people have played that or know of it at this point. It's pretty popular. It's kind of, it's mainly a walking simulator. Interesting stuff with the Blair Witch. Like, it has its own story. It does its own thing. It keeps being recommended to me on Steam. Yeah, it's it's been fairly well reviewed. I'm not going to, like, shit on it for doing its own thing. You know what I mean? Because this, what, over ten years old now? Right. But this PC trilogy from back in the day took this game called Nocturne which was its own game mm. it's its own survival horror game that has uh, what were they called uh, Spook House HQ or something like that that's that's the organization they investigate paranormal things there is the stranger <laughs> and then Svetlana they, they, they like to do things and they they, they, they investigate um, this game existed but then in order to piggyback on Blair Witch's success, they released three games called the Blair Witch Trilogy on PC. And they're just Nocturne games. They're like Nocturne DLC. They have nothing to do with the Blair Witch except for just like the set pieces. It, yeah, that's fucking It makes dumb. no fucking sense. And I was trying to find... My book. Oh, I'm in my history. I thought I was in my bookmarks. My bookmarks page is really long. It turns out. I just <laughs> wanted to give you really quick before we end. Uh, so Nocturne has a character in it named Scat Dazzle. Nice. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, we there's one more thing we want to touch on. <laughs> there's one more thing we want to touch on real quick because it, it is important to kind of like understanding how horror was shaped. Because like we said, this is kind of an important historical like horror horror landmark, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like we said, it's not the first found footage film. You could possibly say, especially if you're talking about horror, that would be Cannibal Holocaust, which uh, is important as far as like found footage films are concerned. Like it's definitely like one of the very, the, probably one of the earliest examples, maybe not the earliest example. 
And and there wasn't a whole lot of like found footage films after like right after Blair Witch. Mm. It wasn't until about like 2007 mm. and 2008 that seemed to be like the year that all this found footage stuff like really hit the fan. Because that was the year that you got Wreck, which uh, was later remade into Quarantine. Uh, then you had uh, Paranormal Activity. You had Poughkeepsie Cl- Tapes. 2008, you had Cloverfield. Uh, there was just a, a Chronicle you had in 2012. VHS. VHS, all types of that. That's, that's all stuff that exploded around the time. And you could argue maybe that wasn't necessarily directly related to Blair Witch. That could have been related to uh, Paranormal Activity because Paranormal Activity was huge. But, I mean, Paranormal Activity kind of took that cue from Blair Witch. Yeah, Paranormal Activity pretty much drank all the Kool-Aid that (laughs) that Blair Witch poured out. You know what I mean? They they did everything. They did the marketing. They did, this is real. You don't know that it's not. Fuck you. Um, They did found footage. And they, from what I understand, Paranormal Activity isn't scary. Oh no! They, did, they it, took the whole boring. not scary part it's, of Blair Witch and yeah. made it a whole new thing. Too. At the it's time, like Blair Witch, it's boring. Yeah, <laughs> at the time, if you believed it was real, uh, or at least somewhat sort of real, uh, then you it was probably scarier. Mm-hmm. I, I still say, have never seen it. All I can say about especially Paranormal Activity is, at like I was God, how old was I in two thousand seven? I do not remember my age in 2007, but I know people that snuck into Paranormal Activity films. You know, I knew people that, like, shat themselves, basically, over this. (laughs) Like, they were shitting themselves. This is, like, some people I know is, like, first horror movie kind of thing. And I I apparently was very contrarian, because obviously when I'd seen it, I was like, wow, this is shit. And I I was (laughs) that guy... I, I was that guy, apparently, when, when, like, people would ask me about it. And I probably still am, because it's shit. <laughs> and see, I would have been that guy, too. Like, relating it back to Blair Witch, I mean, if that's your experience with Paranormal Activity, I mean, if I had seen it when it had come out, that would have been my experience with Blair Witch. Mm. I would have been that guy. Because nothing happened. Yeah. Why Why are we scared here? <laughs> I, I was also that guy with Blair Witch when I yeah. saw it, and people were like, no, it's the best horror film ever. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, when, Par- when, when Paranormal Activity came out, I would have been 14. And uh, I, I don't know. I wasn't really compelled to see it, honestly. Okay, I would have been about 13 then, like, like about, like, 12, 13. I will say though, I guess. See, I, I was I was a little bit older, but I didn't have any desire to see it. Mm. But partially because, and at this point, I think by the time Paranormal Activity came out, I think I had seen Blair Witch. I don't remember when I saw it, but it was definitely into high school, early junior college. But because I had seen Blair Witch and knew that that was fake and dumb and stupid, and I hated it, <laughs> I think the way that they marketed Paranormal Activity told me it was like. That's also going to be dumb and stupid. Yeah. I'm going to hate it. I think it. maybe that was my thought because I think for us it was a little different because a lot of us watched uh, a lot of horror movies when we were younger, uh-huh. yeah. uh, and we probably had all seen Blair Witch and mm-hmm. understood that it was fake. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Because I think I remember kind of getting that sense and that sort of feeling when I saw the ads for Paranormal Activity. I was like, 
It's just like Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the same sort of thing. Like it's it it doesn't really bother me. Poughkeepsie tapes got me. That was the thing. Is like Poughkeepsie tapes. Like I knew it was fake, but it was presented so well mm-hmm. that I really enjoyed it. And I watched yeah. Poughkeepsie tapes when it came out, and that that movie is disturbing. Yeah, that, See, and, that's and, very and, disturbing. And, I and I know someone. Or at least used to know someone that was adamant that Pugkeepsy takes was real. And like, oh, yeah. no matter what we said to them, they would not budge. Yeah. And explain really quick, just for people who haven't seen Poughkeepsie tapes, what that is. It's like a serial killer diary, essentially. Essentially, mm. yeah. It's like a, it's like a, the police force uh, finds a whole bunch of videotapes that a serial killer has uh, has filmed, like torturing and killing uh, victims and stuff like that. And then they, um, this is after the killer has been caught, and one of his main victims is, like, uh, interviewed throughout the movie, and then she ends up, like, killing herself because she had, like, really bad, like, Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, uh, and she did. She couldn't stand to be separated from him. Yeah, that sounds rough. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it is a rough movie. Yeah. Um, and it's very disturbing, but it's very well presented. I actually enjoy that movie a lot, mm-hmm. in, in like a horror movie sense. Obviously. Yeah, no, for, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty good, but it, it is very much like in that same realm of like found footage stuff. And like, let's say that's a good one. I'm trying to think of other found footage stuff that that are enjoyable. Cr- Chronicle was good to a certain degree. Yeah, I like VHS a lot. I couldn't. VHS I couldn't great. get into VHS. It just it disturbed me from like the word go, yeah. and I just had to turn it, it off. It is disturbing. It's a disturbing yeah, film, just, but VHS is really good. It didn't. It didn't gel with my like my morals and stuff. Like, I was like, mm. I also like anthology films, so that's probably why I enjoyed death it so much. Is a good like anthology. Yeah. ABC mm. ABC's death is also good, and I kind of relate VHS and ABC's of death together. Mm. Yeah, and similar. I mean. The only other found footage movie I ever watched and really, really liked was Cloverfield, even though I know it's dumb. I don't care. No, I enjoy it. It's, it's a monster movie from a different perspective than your normal Godzilla monster movie, and I, I like I that. Can, I can appreciate what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it that much. I know. I understand uh, totally. It's not done ten, well. Ten Cloverfield Lane is really good, though. I love it. For many different reasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I, I just like the design of Clover. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, really care for the movie. I was just like, oh, this looks like a cool monster. Shame the movie's there. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't say everyone had to, but that's about the only other... It's definitely other... one of the best American kaijus. True. Yeah. <laughs> I Better mean, than the, the other one you have Pacific is Zilla. <laughs> yeah, the Pacific oh, Rim. Oh, I forgot Rim about the Pacific are, Rim. Yeah. Uh, oh. yeah. <laughs> Thought yeah. it was going to be so fucking rad, and then it t- turned out to be like two people on a Stairmaster. <laughs> 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 That's how I felt about Pacific Rim. I'm like, this is boring. I mean, yeah, Idris Elba, Pacific can you make this better? No. No, sorry. I'm Idris Elba and I still can't even make it better. Uh, go I mean, watch hell, something Charlie else. Charlie Day in. didn't even. Like, Charlie Day's no. the only good character. Yeah. Yeah. Spaceship! Spaceship. Hey, well, him, him and Burn Gorman, because I like Burn Gorman. He can sort of do no wrong. <laughs> Let's uh, what are okay, let's kind of wrap this up. Let's, yeah. uh, what, what are what are our cu- closing thoughts here? Because I think it's pretty mixed. Yeah, we, none of us have favorite moments <laughs> in Blair Witch because they're all the same moment until the very end. Yeah, they're all the exact same moment. It's like, hey, we're gonna argue for a while. Is that cool with you? Yeah, let's, let's, yeah. let's sit here I and mean, listen I, to each I, other argue. I kind of like the scene where they're running through the woods like in the dark and the, yeah. And some people can say that you can see things in the dark, but I, I, I haven't. I haven't seen anything. I've never yeah. seen Even shit like pausing it. Yeah, I've. I mean, admittedly, I've probably fallen asleep by that point because every <laughs> yeah. time I've seen this film, I've either fallen asleep 
or just turned it off because I got so bored. Yeah, you wouldn't be the first. Yeah, my, my you dad, won't be the last. My dad also falls asleep during this film. Yeah, it's bad. It's not. It's not fun. It's not compelling. I will say one interesting thing I learned, and it informs one of my favorite scenes. Just of watching people bickering. You know the part where he's talking about camera lenses at the beginning? And he's uh-huh. like, well, is that many meters? Yeah. And like, what, you, you did this in, in meters? You didn't do this in our system? Metric, yeah. Yeah, and blah, blah, blah. Apparently that's, like, not fake. That's a real scene, him talk Because he actually had to l- learn how to use... They had to learn how to use all their cameras and stuff uh, in order to yeah. film. Yeah. That's, like, a real thing. Him talking... It's like, oh, God, I think I, re- I did everything wrong. Now everything's going to be blurry. He's actually sitting there lamenting him, like, not doing his <laughs> equations correctly. Uh-oh. So that's a real scene. That's not even, like, them improvising for dramatic effect. That's just, like, them capturing video, driving to the next shoot. Great. That's absolutely fascinating. <laughs> that's, that's I thought it was funny. That's... <laughs> Yeah, when my favorite movie from a horror movie is their t- them talking about camera lenses and stuff. Yeah, God. Uh, so I mean, okay, so I'm not going to say outright that you should watch this movie. I, I would say if you're interested in kind of like the the movie that, that got really successful doing found footage uh, and kind of made it a thing again, you should see this just for like maybe research purposes if you're kind of curious and you haven't seen it yet which is weird if you haven't seen it uh, i don't know i feel like a ton of people have seen this movie uh it's just like one of those movies that's so ubiquitous that it's hard yeah. to it's hard to like avoid seeing the horror movie fans have seen this like mm, i'm not yeah. kidding i was talking about this at work today we're just talking oh you know podcast recording day yay and then people asked us what we were recording I'm like blair witch and most of the people I work with don't like horror. And they were just like, oh, I've seen that. I know what that is. Yeah. Unlike last week when they asked what we were recording and it was like, <laughs> yeah. Valentine. And admittedly, most of one of them had seen the remake. Yep. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, no. Yeah. I'm, tr- I'm, I'm trying to think of like a literary a- allegory. It's like, yeah, read this so you know the history Mm. of how literature got to this point. That's, yeah. how, that's what Blair Witch is like. It's like, yeah. watch this so you know the history of movies. It's from a, uh, it's a bo- horror standard. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it informs how horror became after 2000. It informs it in a lot of ways. Yes. In like, in the way interpersonal horror kind, kind of became a little bit more popular. In the way that found footage became more popular. In the way that people marketed things. It like spurred viral marketing to a lot of people. Like yes. I saw a lot of people saying that this was like one of the bir- first big instances of viral marketing. Like we said, I don't know if that's entirely true, but it's one of the most successful. Definitely one of, of the it. most successful. Yeah, and so without question. So you have to see it just as a point in history, not as a point in art. Because it's a point in art, it's kind of shit. <laughs> yep. That's the best way to put it, honestly. And with that, I think we're done for this week. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we love you. Thank uh, y'all. Thank you and, for... Uh, I mean, if you like this film, thank you for listening to a shit on it. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I don't think we shit on it. We, we gave it a very critical analysis, which in the end means we had to shit on it. Yes. <laughs> we took True a big enough. steaming dump on its chest. Uh, I like that. Um, We're done. Bye. Bye.